Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tacona Morning Drive podcast. Uh, this episode I'm joined by Will Beaumont, who is the editor-in-chief of Verka magazine. Now, if you've listened to the previous two episodes, you'll have heard in the intro me plugging that magazine because Will very kindly dropped me a message and said, hey, we've got a bit of space in the mag, would you like to run an advert in there? Which will be doing us a favour and filling the magazine up and hopefully get you some exposure. So... I very kindly accepted, and in the previous two episodes, intros, I've been plugging away, go and read Verka, it's W-E-R-K-E, and kind of add to that, and because Will's a great guy, and he's previously worked at Evo magazine, and done all sorts of wonderful things within the automotive world, he very kindly came on the podcast, so we talk about cars and BMWs, particularly around the magazine, how Verka came together, and basically just life as a car guy, really, so with that, on with the podcast. I've clicked record now, okay. and I think I should probably just bring up to speed to what we were just talking about, because it was relative. Um, we, were, we were talking about filming and doing writing and kind of being on camera for, um, for magazines, TV, that kind of thing. Yeah. Which is really cool. I'm going to give context, because we've just started recording, and it's like, you do filming and things for magazines. And I was like, who the <laughs> fuck is it? I saw the title. So I'm with um, Will Beaumont who, if anybody's listened to the Stephen um, Dobie episode, which will be coming out before this one, it's Vil from Verk. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now you're part of an in-joke. Yay. <laughs> Excellent. Um, but yeah, so before I do the, the usual who are you and what you do, I've kind of started that. So you're Will Beaumont, and you are the creator of Verk magazine. Yes. Which I've not been calling work magazine to people at all. It doesn't really matter what we call it. I mean, there's, it's, if you read it as an English person, you read it as work because it's got a And, and we totally, within the magazine, hopefully you've all bought a copy and you know exactly, but yeah, realistically, um, yeah, within the magazine, we play, on, we play on that a little bit as well. So there are you know, little puns within it. We have a spread which is dedicated to an artist um, that we've commissioned to do a bit of be an illustration with a BMW in it and we call that work of art or work of art right. so and so we do put you know if people call it work if people call it work I mean probably should be called Verka as well actually I mean being re- all even, right even be- I know. sorry I mean, the problem is, is that <laughs> it's that almost almost no one's ever and except except people who are German and speak German yeah. they're the people that are going to really pronounce it properly yeah because it's even, Porsche isn't it that's how it's absolutely yeah. even me as the editor is probably going to pronounce it wrong so I am not there's no I'm never going to be telling everyone like, oh actually you've, you've pronounced that incorrectly yeah, yeah, it yeah. should be Verka or anything like that just you know <laughs> the beauty to an extent of it being written down and it being a magazine is that people read it how they want to yeah so, it's the voice in their head says it how it, absolutely. How it comes so, out I'm not going to get pissy about, about anyone pronouncing it incorrectly that's fine I'm going to tell everyone you're really strict about it <laughs> just, just oh, be careful when you meet things. Will yeah. it's Verka just don't forget that and you'll be alright very serious individual <laughs> yeah. that's everyone just... who knows me goes oh yeah all it's... you have to do is encounter him. Like, oh god I can see why he writes about German cars <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm hoping um, Sim from Classic Performance Engineering listens to this because she's Austrian oh okay oh, well, so she speaks 
She'll be rolling her eyes at yeah. everything that we say that's even remotely Yeah, I'm going to send her this one. If she's never listened to another episode, I'm going to send her this one because I'm like, we talk well, about Well, she'll German. never listen to another one after this, <laughs> yeah. after hearing me mispronounce Verka in any way which I've decided. Yeah. It's great because every time anything happens, she's like, well, I am Austrian. I'm like, you need to be careful with that because it goes two ways. Like, <laughs> she's like, well, yeah, true. And I'm like, if you start shouting at someone, we're going to be like, whoa, it's all right. She's Austrian. Calm down. It's just how they talk. <laughs> Whereabouts in Austria is yeah. she from? No idea. Oh, okay. Yeah. I had a, a similar... I'm not very good at remembering places. I'm also not very good at remembering names. So no, places are names of things that I can't remember. I'm um, only really very good at remembering people's cars. That's it. That's... I can do faces and cars. Yeah. And that's how I know you. Yeah. Um, outside of that, I'm apologising as a blanket to everybody that I've ever met. I probably won't remember your name. Oh, we, I mean, there's been, we used to, when I used to work at Evo, we used to have um, some of the some work experience guys come in quite often. Um, and we... we They'd work in the office for however long, and they'd be there for a week. And you'd, you know, we'd have we'd go and have lunch together, and we'd chat together and do all sorts, you know, things. They might go on photo shoots and stuff like that. And then months would pass by. They'd probably get a job in the industry somewhere. I'd meet them on a the launch, and they'd come up to me like, "Hey, Will, how you doing?" I'm thinking, "Oh no, who are you? <laughs> yes, oh, I don't know who you are. <laughs> don't recognise them." And they sort of then they go, oh, "I came into work." Like, oh no, there was a few of those guys. <laughs> and then they'd say what the car they had, and I was like, "Oh, I remember there exactly who you are." Car, yeah. Yes, there we go. And they're and always a cheap car because you're on work experience. <laughs> no, not oh, God, not always. Really? No, some people turned up. Yeah, you know, not I don't, no one turned up in a Lamborghini or anything. Yeah, like yeah. That. but no, I mean they'd always. But again, the thing is, if you if you're really into cars you somehow find a way even when you've not got a lot of money elsewhere is to, to make it work be, yeah so yeah. there's always sort of sometimes surprisingly expensive cars and you're thinking how the hell have you made this work I don't care how you made it work if you've made it work absolutely yeah. I think we had someone um, in a Fiesta ST sort of a relatively new one and I was thinking well, yeah you know, that's, that's impressive <laughs> I like how you've how have you made this work I admire it yeah, yeah. it's on a horrendous finance deal. oh probably the insurance <laughs> is probably crippling yeah um, but like, worth every, every single day I have to take a new loan yeah, <laughs> he's every... got 8,000 credit cards <laughs> yeah. um, if you apply for them all on the same day they haven't had a chance to credit <laughs> check you so you get a big bundle of them all at the one time um, so, yeah, it's about the only thing that, yeah, I'm surprised that I hadn't thought of that, thought of that. when it gets to in sort of getting yourself into financial problems through cars. It's probably something that I could probably do quite easily. <laughs> I, I got my GT86 when I worked in the, in the hospitals. And at the time, I was living at my girlfriend's parents' house. Mm-hmm. And rather than spending £400 a month renting a place with her, yep. I bought a car. Totally. That's I actually do. Like, yeah. Completely like financial idiot. It sounds incredibly financially sensible to me. It I was great. Her dad was a car guy, so I really got away with it. Nice. I also didn't tell her I was doing it. I had a, an Audi A6 that my dad had given me. Like okay. in a van as well. Like it was big. No like 22-year-old should be driving that car. But I was. It was cool. I, I, I loved it. it was really? Okay, so I say, I, for a very brief period, I had a Audi A4 event when I was... 17? Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, 1.9 TDI. I can't go into necessarily what happened to that car. Uh, but let's say it's, it's no longer with us. <laughs> I, so the reason I got the Toyota is because of what happened to this Audi. <laughs> I, uh, so I used to work night shifts. And on my break, I'd either go to sleep or I'd go and get coffee. Yeah. Or go and... I think it was I'd run out of books to read. So I was going to Tesco to go and find whatever was in the three-pound bin. And um, it's like three o'clock in the morning. I pull into the Tesco car park, and there's, you know, they have those little diamonds of curb with a tree in the middle. Yes, yeah. To, like to separate all the spaces. Yeah. And 
Well, I was going through the car park, and there was the diamond of curb with no tree. It had all okay. been scrubbed, so it was black. Couldn't see it. So I went over it at 30. Oh. Like, <laughs> shit, 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 shit. What the fuck? Yeah. Completely, like, knocked all the tracking out. Oh. Chaos. Yeah. So, Surprised you didn't sort of smash the sump on it or something. Yeah, like. I, I got quite lucky. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I parked up, checked that none of the tyres were flat. So I was like, right, I can at least get back to work. Mm-hmm. Bought my £3 book, which turned out I'd misread the blurb. And it was actually like one of those like ladies' erotic novel books about some I mean, woman in a high-rise office building that was trying to... Mills and Boone style. Yeah, all that kind of... Sounds kind. fantastic. And I was like, oh, I've really misinterpreted... Because it was like a thrilling ride from start to finish, <laughs> and this, that, and the other. And it was like 3 o'clock <laughs> in the morning. Sort of yeah, 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 3 yep. o'clock in the morning. I was like, oh, that'll do. And then I opened like page one, it was like, Marjorie was going to her first day of the office and she had dressed for the job. I was like, oh, I've bought the wrong book here. I mean, you, are you now into kind of stuff? No, I put it down. It's like, oh, I'll leave it know. for Could one of the nurses new, to read. Your new genre of, <laughs> your favourite genre. No, I discovered the Alex Cross books through that narrative of going to Tesco's at three in the morning and looking for books to read. And okay. I got really into James Patterson and all that sort of stuff. Okay. Um, I then also figured out that James Patterson books are kind of formulaic, and after you've read three of them, you, you kind of go, what's going to happen? But ah, again, this is going to happen, a, then this, and then, and then There's a there. comfort in that, after when it comes it's, to books. You could write the same book six times, just change the name, and it would probably still sound. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. Just change the, yeah, the yeah. character's oh, name. Oh, last book, and <laughs> now it's Alex. Oh. Um, so yeah, I, I got the book, blah, 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 blah. A couple of weeks later, I'm washing the car, and I was like, I'll just check the tyres. And I checked the rear tyres and cut my finger on the canvas. Oh, right. But it was okay. all the way in. So I, I was cleaning mm. like the back bumper. I could see metal. I was like, oh, that's probably not good. And then being an idiot, I ran my hand over it to see what it was. Rather than going, I should look under here. I was like, I'll just touch it. <laughs> yeah, and like slice my finger open. So I was like, oh, great. I've knocked all of the tracking out. So I yeah. took it to my friend's garage. And I was like, can you put me two new tyres on and just realign the back? I've obviously knocked it out. And he cut it up and he went... You can't align these. They're solid. There's nothing adjustable. Oh, it's just a bar with two wheels at the end, effectively. It's a front-wheel drive car, and okay. it's a big estate. It's not designed for camber and stuff like that. It's like, it's, <laughs> it's not, it's the not wheels are either straight <laughs> or something is bent. Right. So I'd either bent the chassis or the subframe. Oh. He's like, you've bent something, <laughs> and this car's worth about 50p because it was an old A6 that had been through the wars. It's like, there's... Slap some tyres on it and get rid of it is my advice. I was like, <laughs> right, we'll do that then. So being the sensible person that I am, I went and got into so somebody, five years somebody of car bought force. that. Available car bought it off me for 400 quid. I did they? Okay, well, fair enough. They can, they can, they yeah, can they do can that. deal with that shit. Yeah. And then I bought this GT86 whilst living at my girlfriend's parents. And uh, I didn't tell anyone. And she was walking to work one day as I bought this car. I just pulled up alongside her and beeped, put the window down. And she turned around like, Oh, a knobhead has arrived, <laughs> as you would, like, this random sports car. She's just walking to work. She's like, oh, a random knobhead is here because it's a sports car and he thinks he's Flash. And then it's me. She's like, oh, no, it's my knobhead. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a random one. It's this dickhead. She's like, what the fuck are you doing? I was like, I've bought a car. She's yeah. like, what? Um, so, I mean, yeah. you know, I, I, don't, I don't ever consult my girlfriend about, what I, about buying a car. No, this is how I ended up with the Renault 5. I mean, not that, not that, again, not that I would expect her to consult me on anything that she bought either. I should say that it's absolutely sort of like complete <laughs> fairness. I don't care what she spends her money on. Yeah, yeah. If we, if we can, 
we can pay the bills, which I find difficult most of the time, but if we can pay the bills, um, she can spend her money elsewhere. And I, I expect to have the same freedom that I do. The problem is that my purchases are always take up more space on the driveway, which we're limited anyway. So that's always kind I'm of tricky. I'm in the same boat, yeah. We've just got a drive, like a proper driveway. It's two cars, and we've got three cars. So we've already filled the driveway and the road. Yeah. And literally yesterday, the Toyota has got an oil leak. She's like, maybe you should just buy a normal little runaround. Oh, no. I was like, yeah, that's what the Renault's for. She went, and is it starting? I'm like, no. Yeah, <laughs> the solution, the solution is never to buy one sensible car. No, well, the solution we have is a to buy lots of well. lots of not very sensible cars. Yeah, so you always work got some, in some regard. Yeah, and, and most of the time, to be honest, is that they there will always be a problem with all of them. Yeah, yeah. When, what degrees that problem is is the issue. Yeah, you just cycle through with the least broken one at the yeah. time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. See, I, I got home last night and I could smell the oil. Open the bonnet. Oh, great! There's an oil leak. It, there was no like rod knock or anything, so I'm not. You've not run it with lower oil. Yeah, yeah I'm not I'm like just... shit. I've broken it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was like, right, I'll take the 86 off the drive. Start the Renault up. Take that off. Put the 86 on. Put the Renault on. Mm-hmm. So then I can take the Renault tomorrow. This shuffling around sounds very yeah. familiar. And then the Renault just cranked endlessly without oh. starting. I was like. But we drove you like three days ago. <laughs> what has happened? It's got colder. Yeah, that's, that's all it is. It's a little bit colder now. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. want to start. Yeah. Right, are you absolute shit? Oh, um, so anyway, enough about me buying silly cars and us having silly amounts of cars that don't work. <laughs> I'll be honest, all of my cars work at the moment. All of they them work. work. They work. They work. They all work. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, I can be, I can be slightly. I mean, not perfectly. There are issues with all of them of, of some, some degree. But I can drive them all. So yeah, I'm I to at least the end of the road. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they'll all turn on. That's it. Oh yeah. Um, which was the caveat for me buying that Renault. Does it run? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's got an MOT as well. And I turn it on. It's like, bum, 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 bum. I was like, <laughs> well, it's running, so that'll do. Yeah. <laughs> I'll figure it out from here. Um, so we've touched lightly on that you worked at Evo. Yes. Yeah, that was my sort of first job in the sort of car industry, as it were. Is that your first job? No, no, it wasn't my first job. I um, worked for a design agency, a branding agency um, here in Leicestershire, where where I live. And I that was straight out of university. Um, I got that job basically because I... At university, I started my own magazine. It was, you know, a silly sort of thing. And I look back at it and it was, yeah, it was super pretentious. And there was lots of things that were sort of wrong about it and all kinds. It had no real direction. It wasn't for anything. But it was just for fun to an extent. What I wanted to do, what I could do. Um, And that, I suppose, in some respects, got me my first job at a design agency. But ultimately, really, what I wanted to do was work in magazines. And because cars are my life... Yeah, I wanted to work at a car magazine. Um, and so I became, a, I got a job as a designer at Evo. Right, okay. Um, and I worked as a graphic designer doing layouts and pages um, there for a couple of years. And I had a great time. I had a fantastic day. You know, they, I was always the first person to put the hand up to help out and shoot. Always the first person to go and want to just be involved in any part of the magazine because I loved being there it was a magazine that I subscribed to before I worked there it was a bit weird going on the first day and sort of being surrounded by you know my heroes that you know meeting those people that I'd read loads about and kind of idolized a little bit and then realizing that they're actually just normal really nice people that that I can get on with and have you know and have a conversation with rather than sort of having to sort of treat them like some sort of special godlike figure Um, this is the thing that I'm learning as I've got more into doing Tacona and mm-hmm. like the podcast has really been a big one for this as well. Yeah. 
you meet all the people that you were like, oh my God, that's that person. And then you sit there and you're having a chat with them. Like Henry Catchpole came around to the house, yeah. brought biscuits with him and helped me move a chair from my conservatory into the living room so that we could sit without it being incredibly uncomfortable because it was in the middle of summer. Yeah. And I was kind of started going, Henry Catchpole's moving furniture in my house. This is weird. I wasn't expecting my life to go in this direction <laughs> yeah. when I was growing up. I was, I'd always hoped it would end up in, <laughs> not in this specific scenario, but... <laughs> Like, what do you want to do when you grow up? I want a Henry Catchpole. I want, employ- yeah, I want Henry Catchpole to be a free furniture removal man for me. That's, yeah, that's, that's, my, that's dream. my goal. That's where we're going. Um, but it's a weird feeling, isn't it? Like, as you become bit, more yeah. involved in the car world from like, almost like behind the curtain. But it's, very qu- it's amazing how quickly, actually, that, um, that feeling that you are a, a kind of an outsider disappears. Because actually, once you realise that the, the the industry is very open. Yeah, it's, people are very encouraging. People are do want want to help people. People do want the people within it are generally kind, friendly people. And I know that seems if that's not obvious from the outside, that's not because the people want to kind of create this kind of enclosed club. Because I mean, I think there's always a case when you aren't part of something that you feel like it's an impenetrable club to get into somehow. Um, I think the flip side of that is as well that a lot of the car world from a layperson's perspective is media, magazines, things like that. And it's it's one of those where the person that you're encountering from the car world is one person, but they will encounter lots of people. Mm. So it doesn't necessarily feel like it's a closed club, but you're meeting someone that in their kind of life, is going to encounter a lot of people because it comes part and parcel. And traditionally, in some respects as well, is that you know a magazine is not something that you can interact with in the in the web sense that you can't ask it questions and it talk to you back. Yeah. Um, and you you know and even with a YouTube video, whether it might be you know you can't you can you can comment on it, but you, you're not necessarily going to get a response back. And even through social media, whether it be Twitter, whether it be all those sort of things, you can ask people questions but you don't necessarily get a response back. And if you aren't... And My just... DMs are full of unanswered messages. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I send so many messages to people like, hey, how's it going? Get nothing. Yeah, and it's not a case of anyone sort of not wanting to sort of be... I don't, think, I don't think I know of anyone with the industry who doesn't want to encourage new people into the industry or doesn't want to help new people. I'm sure there are. I'm sure there's some dickheads out there. That, that, but <laughs> thankfully, I don't know them. Um, Unfortunately, a lot of them drive BMWs. <laughs> None of them drive BMWs. That's not how it works at all. They're the, how much they're the best have you ones. got on your M4? Oh, <laughs> I've got more carbon than you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know anyone who works in the, um, in, in the um, motoring media who has... Who no, has yeah, I who don't either. And I'm just being mean because you're the yeah, BMW no, magazine. <laughs> yeah, with the, with the full carbon pack. Uh, yeah, the aftermarket carbon pack is some gel plates and some LED lights. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not... No. Um, <laughs> you realise that you're, I'm, I'm, you're I'm, criticising no, your own demographic quite for a possibly. minute there. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> Let's I dig that. myself into a hole. Um, no, if you love your car, you do what you want with it. It's not, yeah. nothing to do with me. I can't say shit. I've got a modified Toyota. Oh, it? I can't. I mean, yeah. my, 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 my 2 my yeah, two, is... Is extremely modified, and although I think it's very nice and tasteful, and I think it's wonderful, there will be people look at it and go, "You've ruined that car." Yeah. Like, yeah, you might think that, but you know, actually, I love it, so it's it doesn't matter. Yeah, you do you. But yeah, so the game there isn't it isn't a club, it isn't a sort of an impenetrable club that you can't get into 
it's just not easy to get into because there aren't tons and tons of jobs to, in the in the industry. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. not something where it's like it's that massive that people can just kind of swan in and, and, and get work. And although I said I don't remember people, but, you know, because I don't know whether we actually recorded. No, that we bit. weren't recording. Oh, we weren't recording the bit where you said you don't remember sorry. any of the work experience <laughs> because they I come through I and go so quick. Have to bring this up, did I? I could have just <laughs> could have got, got away with it. Got away with this. As I said before, that we before we started recording that. We used to have lots of uh, work experience guys come in when I used to work at Evo, and they th- they would they would co- they'd come in, they'd be with us for a week, and I'd, we'd spend a fair bit of time with them, and then they'd go off, and they'd maybe get a job somewhere else in the industry, and you'd see them on a car launch or see them at an event somewhere, and they'd come up and say, "Hi, Will, how you doing?" And I wouldn't remember them at all until they told me what car they had, and then I immediately remembered them. And once I can associate a car with a person, I, am, I know exactly who they are, I know exactly everything about them. Yeah. But it's that, it's names, terrible. Face is a little bit better, but not perfect. It's cars that, that I associate with people. But <laughs> don't let me put you off. I'm, I'm probably one of the worst. I'm the biggest dickhead in the industry. <laughs> there are much, much nicer people than me. Um, <laughs> God, I've set the bar low. Yeah. <laughs> but, but out through that guilt, I do try. I do want to help people. He's not nice. He's yeah. just so guilty. <laughs> just, I'm just terrible. <laughs> and so I will, yeah. I'm an awful, awful person, really. Um, I'm going to argue against you there because the reason I know you is because you were nice to me. Well, okay, yeah. Again, the guilt. That's it's the like, whole reason. Yeah, you're yes. like, I'm going to help out. Oh, that idiot over there, he looks like he could do with a hand. Uh, that'll make me feel good. No, the, the reason we know each other is because you, you dropped me a message and said, oh, I like what you do. Do you want to have a bit of space in my magazine? We've got a spot. And then I also found out that you did the same for Carburetor Coffee. Yeah, I mean, uh, you yeah, know, I think, that, again, this, like I say, this industry, the, the, well, Verka doesn't exist without the kindness of other people because... <laughs> There's a reason why not many journalists are launching printed car magazines on their own. (laughs) And I can, although I have lots of people saying, oh, it must be really exciting and um, I'm really pleased that you're doing it and well done to you. And I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm looking back at this going, was this the wisest thing? (laughs) Um, But no, actually the feedback I've got from the magazine does now it's here and people have said, yes, it does feel like a very wise thing because it does feel incredible to, to get that figure. But before, but in that sort of interim period where you send everything off to print, you haven't had the magazine back and you, you know there's going to be a big, big bill, print bill to pay. Um, it's very unnerving. But the magazine doesn't exist, the content doesn't exist without people within the industry having faith in me and being able to be part of it. And even though they possibly don't know that it's going to be a success that they don't know what's going to happen to it but they are willing to put to to risk a bit of their time and effort to do it so the the least i can do in you know with this with the space is to then pass that sort of kindness on to people that are doing other good stuff and that they and right. they, they they deserve some space and they deserve you know to be talking about because we got also as well as as well as as well as having a Tacona advert in there we got um we got an advert for Movember in there as well and yeah. Racing Pride as well the LGBT yeah yeah Q plus racing charity as well because you know because actually this you know this magazine it's it, it, if I can do good with it, as well as entertain people, as well as 
make a living out of it, which looks, <laughs> which would be lovely. Um, <laughs> I feel you there. <laughs> but, but if we can, if I can, if as well as as well as all the you know all the things you'd ever want from a magazine, essentially, you know, I want people to pick it up and go, this is looks great, feels great. It's got fantastic photography in it. It's entertaining. I learned something from it. I learned something about something I never thought I'd even care about. But actually, when I read it, it was fantastic. And I got to sort of, in, I got to meet some people kind of thing through it. I mean, we have, you know, there are people within the magazine, characters, writers, who you get their personality through. They, all these things, that what I want from a magazine is a little slice of that world and that world that I'm creating with Verka is a slice of the kind of BMW world. And if, you, if I can deliver that to you in this sort of nice package that feels substantial and feels like you want to keep it and you've spent your £10 It's on my coffee day. table. I've got it with Magneto, Roadrat and Verka or my coffee table magazine. Yeah. I, it's a very esteemed company there. I'm very privileged. That, that it's it got the there. same feel. So I am shit with magazines. Yeah. I get Car Magazine as part of my bank account, and I've not okay. opened a single one. Oh, okay, that's a shame. And it's, it's not good. because it's not good; it's because yeah. I don't, I don't know why. I think there's some form of sensory thing with a magazine that doesn't feel like an occasion. If that makes sense. So yeah, so this it is. It feels this is like a... you took it on a table in the doctor's. It doesn't feel like it. It's so I, I've been trying and failing, but still trying. To make reading part of my daily routine. Yeah. So I bought an alarm clock. I try and keep my phone in my office when I go to bed. Yeah. Grace will hear this and laugh because she's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> keep telling everyone else to do it. When are you going to start? And it, it, it comes in waves where I go, right, I'm going to be strict. My phone's going in the office. And yeah. I'm going to go to bed without my phone and talk to my partner. Like, yeah. I want to be with her. And like she's a person, and that she's my best friend that I keep claiming, and I'm like, I should probably talk to you at some point. Like, we should have some interactions. It's almost like the, um, um, I forget the name of the show, but it was like, he, it was a joke about the toffs, and he's like, oh, we shall get married and have children, and I'll meet them when they're eighteen. Like, that's yeah. how rich people in the back in the day were. Yeah, um, once we stop being busy, we'll we'll have a we'll finally be able to reconnect. Yeah, yeah but um, yeah. So it's this like conscious effort, and I keep telling everyone to do it, and I I always do the caveat of it takes actual determination, and you have to be disciplined. Yes, it's so easy to not do it. But part of this routine is phone is in the office. I use my alarm clock. I get up and I don't get my phone from the office. I go downstairs, okay. I make a cup of coffee and I read. And have a read, yeah. And Grace gets up 40 minutes after me because she works from home so she okay. doesn't actually have to go anywhere. Yeah. So then I just wait for her alarm clock and I'll make her a cup of tea and I'll take it up to her. And that's how... Oh God, you a, sound like the perfect boyfriend. I'm, I'm doing all right. Making, yeah. <laughs> I'll make a cup of tea. Bringing a cup of tea. Don't, well, I'm hoping is, my girlfriend doesn't listen to this. I've got to... I use her alarm clock as my like, okay, I can... Yeah. Uh, that's the time limit I need to get ready and go I've still got to go to work blah 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 except for Wednesdays now which is great um, so it's part of my morning routine now Road Rat Magneto and now Verka are my reading material yeah because I feel like I'm reading and it's it's part of this oh yeah I mean there is no hierarchy I'm, of you don't have to sit down with War and Peace or no. you know, or Lady Chatter's Lover to feel like you are to make sure that you're you're, you're getting the, the sufficient amount of proper culture. Yeah. By no means at all. I mean, that's not. I don't. Yeah. You know, reading's reading, and if you you read what you enjoy. Yeah. And if you don't enjoy it, then stop those. reading it. Find something else that you like. That's like, reading shouldn't be a chore. No, it should be enjoyable, and it yeah. should 
kind of take you to either another world or it should help you learn something interesting yeah. or connect with a new environment, whatever. But these thicker... Is Verka going to be a quarterly? Yes. I yeah. thought it would be. I'm going to say you can't create that every month. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> um, no. There's almost a sense of occasion when you well, sit and read one there's of absolutely, so There's two elements to this that I sort of kind of want to touch on. Is that First of all, is that absolutely, I think if you're, I'm asking someone to spend £10 on a magazine. That's not an insignificant amount of money. That's, you know, that's a, a fairly decent whack for something that ultimately, in my mind, a magazine's about three quid. I mean, that's because my mind is 12 years ago. 12 years old, yeah, yeah. But you don't update yourself very frequently. And when you look at, you know, when you look at a magazine, it's almost £10 for a magazine. I'm like, yeah, I get it. But trust look me. how thick it is. You're not going to want, you're not going to want to, it's not going to feel disposable. Yeah. But you're going to spend your £10 that's what it comes it is, through yeah. when you go, Oh, I want to. I want to keep this. I want it to be out. I want people to see it. I want people to display it. It feels lovely. It's something that you will keep. It's not quite a book, but it is. I suppose, but on the scale of magazines between that are where between newspapers and books, the new the magazines that are closer to newspapers, the weekly type magazines um, that that feel more disposable. That possibly that sort of that sort of information's easier to or just as easy to get online, whereas rather you spend a, you spend your money on something that you feel is going to possibly that's going to go in the recycling a week or two weeks later. Yeah, is is difficult more difficult for me to justify that money on it? Even though there are some weekly magazines that do brilliant stuff. I mean, you know, I arrive at Autocar. I think there are you know bits within it that are fantastic and they do an incredibly good job of you know of what they do of kind of spanning this consumer and enthusiast. So, you know, Venn diagram that they that they occupy within the middle there is, and they do a really good job. There's obviously very talented people there working on it, and I'm very proud to be a very, very, very small part of it. Um, but if I'm creating my own magazine and I think about what I would want, I would want to buy something that felt more like a book, that was more on those sort of lines. So when I got it, I went, "Oh yeah, I'm going to keep this forever. This will last forever." Yeah, and yeah. I wanted to be, you know, wanted to be that sort of part of it. That's what I want. Then the other aspect of it is, is that I remember when I first started working in this industry, when I wanted to work in print and the design agency I used to work at, they they were sort of split in two a little bit. It was kind of print one side of the desk and web design the other side of the desk. And so often people would talk about web design as being interactive design and things online being interactive. And I was thinking, you know what? Print is just as interactive Print, it might not be able to, you might not be able to swipe on photos. You might not be able to scroll on text or make things move or do any of those sort of things. But you tell me, you pick up, pick up a copy of Verka and tell me that this thing that feels heavy, smells lovely, the pages turn in this kind of, you have to turn the pages. So not only do you have to, you have to, you have to properly interact with it to reveal the next page. All these things, that's interactive. Yeah, that's yeah. just not, okay, it's not interactive in quotes. That, that we that we talk yeah, you about can't double days. click on it and it gets bigger or whatever like, yeah, which this, is what they're referring but the, ultimately yeah. this is actually just as interactive it's even more interactive because literally you are feeling it with your hands and smelling it and seeing it doing all those sort of things and I think there's I think there's a real luxury in being able to offer that to people and it is and the whole point of it I mean like, no one needs to buy Verka it's something that uh, you know no it's I know that it's a kind of it's a um, a, a, a chamois Thing who uh, you know, who's been on your podcast? Yeah, and yeah. We had a chat about you know. Um, nobody needs what I offer. Nobody needs go what, and give them a reason. Yeah, nobody to buy needs it, yeah. this magazine. But 
I th- hopefully for everyone who gets it, picks it up and goes, oh, this feels worth it because this feels like a real treat. This feels like a really nice thing it, to yeah, have. Yeah, it know? does. And I think you've really hit the mark with that. And I, I don't think you've missed that feel, that vibe, that yeah. quality. It really does hit that mark. And it, it is a a space that there's not many of you doing it. No. I've already mentioned Road Rat and Magneto and... I can't think of really anyone else. Uh, so, so the, the, I mean, the reason there's why Verka exists is because there's some Porsche magazines that do, yeah, I think, that do I similar things. Triple Porsche. Zero, Duck and Whale, these quarterly, high-end, well-designed, luxurious magazines. That, and that's the reason. That's the reason why Verka exists. Because reality, I want to make. I wanted to make a magazine, and although I love BMWs and own two of them and own many more of them and feel very at home in BMWs. I suppose I wouldn't. It wouldn't have been my first choice as a magazine. Maybe, maybe I don't know. It's difficult to say that. What you know, with but because ultimately I like all sorts of cars. But actually, the from reason a why business it's, sense though, it, well, it's a gap as well. Yeah, exactly. It? I think there's a gap in the market. There's there's some guys that are doing these things really well with in the Porsche world, and there's no one doing that with BMW stuff. There are obviously BMW magazines and the magazines that exist, the sort of monthly magazines that maybe focus on more modified car stuff, they do what they do. Again, they do what they do really well. I'm, I'm not here to, to discredit anyone else. I want to no, do something no. different. So offering you know, a magazine that focuses perhaps on, a, on BMW culture as a, on a wider thing and delves closer into the history and more in depth into the history of the brand and looks at other things that perhaps aren't quite purely car related as well doing all those little bits as well as as well as sort of hitting all the targets that we love in car magazines so you know there is new car reviews there is long-term reports there you know there are big features there are interviews it's you know that it does there's no point in trying to rewrite the rewrite the rule book on car magazines then you become like a a history book maybe yeah like rather than this rather than a magazine engaging thing yeah I, yeah, think, and I, yeah. I think you're, you're right to maintain that, oh, we need to get some of this in. But yeah. then at the same time, to keep it timeless, it's like, oh, did, here's a story that it transcends the time yeah. Oh, of yeah, because news-wise, there's very little in that, in, the, in that. As much as, again, that's a core magazine part of it, it isn't in quarterly magazines, because we'll always be late with it. Everyone will have read the yeah, news before we been all over before Instagram, I get yeah. to print with The it. new three-litre CSL thing that they've yes, just announced today. Today, yep. Which will time when this was recorded for people. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was yes, today. Can, yeah, it was today um, that, was, that was released. So. That's not going to be... You're not going to be the first person to break that, because oh. it's you're three no. months before you even get the next print out. Absolutely. <laughs> so like, okay, fair yeah. enough. Yeah, so I mean, so yeah, hitting sort of like some of the car magazine targets because people who buy car magazines like car magazines. There's no point in sending them a car magazine and them go, "What the hell's this?" Yeah, why are we looking at Country Living all of a sudden? What interviews on the cover, and all of a sudden it's it's turned into this. Yeah, it's a a baker cake. (laughs) No, 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 it it, it hits those marks. There are a few little bits here and there within it that perhaps, like I mentioned before, about the page with the oh. art on it, you know, and, and commissioning an, art, an artist. I don't know any other car magazines that do that. Um, and we had a feat, we have, in the first issue, there's a feature on, um, by an architecture journalist called um, Tim Abrahams on BMW's HQ. So it's not from a car perspective at all. It is purely from an architecture journalist point of view to give you an insight into that. So as well as, I mean, 
you know, as well as it's more being like entertained. BMW lifestyle. Yeah. To a, more of an extent. Yeah, and if you love BMWs, that you'll like lots of this. In the other aspect of it is, is that hopefully what people, what we're saying with it is, if you don't like BMWs but you buy one, it should come with a, it should come with a warning because it will make you like BMWs. You'll get into <laughs> BMWs with it, and that's I think people, you know, the, the people that have been involved in it have kind of at the end of it gone. Oh wow! Actually, this, this is more inter- more interesting to hear than I thought. Yeah, it would be. yeah. And that's that's kind of I'm like, yes, absolutely, I got him. <laughs> I'm actually I'm eyeing up a BMW as my replacement for the Toyota. And I say replacement in loose terms because I probably end up keeping that and just turning it's it into a track car, another car, and then just getting another car. <laughs> I'm already you're already talking my language. Yeah, I'm on a strict embargo because we're saving to buy a house. Okay, and it's a if you have a car in any sort of finance, it really affects your mortgage rates. Oh, does it? Okay. So I'm on this strict, like, no cars until we've bought a house. Okay. Put all of your money into buying a house, and then you can buy a car. Then you can buy a car. Another car. Add it to the fleet. Add another one, as yeah. all of my others keep breaking. Yeah. Well, d- it, <laughs> Even again, my modern car is now an issue. If you want sensible advice in which BMW to buy, don't come to me. I will I make you buy buying, the silliest one. Yeah, I'm buying up the M2. Oh, yeah. Okay. With logic in mind. Yeah. Not just because it looks fun. Oh, it does God. look fun. It's a huge amount of fun. And yeah. that's absolutely, that's all that's required, isn't it? For, in terms of, in my, from my point of view, that is all I want. From, from my point of view, I would like to be able to get a gazebo in the back. Folded up, obviously. <laughs> okay, yeah, I mean, that's not, that's another normal test. I don't it's know, a weird I test. don't think auto car or auto no, express or any of the consumer <laughs> journals have gone, oh, and by the way, you can get, you can a, get gazebo a gazebo in the back. In. Yeah. So my Toyota I can. Okay. The Renault I can, just. Yeah. And that's only because it's short. It has to go in diagonal. Okay. It's got loads of height. In terms of space, yeah. the Toyota is like it's a like a coupe, so it's got a boot lid. It's not a hatchback, yeah. So you're limited in the window into the back, yeah. But the seats fold down. I was gonna say, I think an M2 seats fold down as well. Don't I they? think so too, which is what I'm hoping for because Again, then I can get a gazebo in the back. I can't pretend that I've that I've tested the boot the boot space of an M2. A I've done spent a lot of time in M2s, but never tested. Always the boot in space. the front seat. Yeah. So yeah. a friend of mine, we did an Anglesey track day a few years ago, and he had one. Mm. And I remember the boot being massive, like yeah, as just a boot. I was like, oh, that's quite impressive. Yeah, I can't remember whether the seats fold down because no, I, I can't. My brain went, yeah, R35 seats fold down, and then I asked someone, they went, no, they don't. <laughs> what world are you living in? Yeah, I, think, um, I think they probably do in an M2, but I would I think, think so because it is a it. two series effectively. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, yeah. The yeah. seats will probably be two series seats. Yeah, whether there was an option in a two series to have fold down seats or not, and whether they just didn't make it to the M2 because they were like. Who's going to need point? that? Yeah, yeah. Me, but, I'm going to need it. Yeah, I've got a specific again, it, need. Yeah. So which? I mean, if you were looking, which one would you? Which one? Which one? I mean, so I haven't looked into it in depth. I mean, I look, it, I look into wanting it. to buy one. I look into it quite frequently because it's yeah. on my list of things that I would definitely go for yeah. next. I ultimately, I would have the one M. Okay. Yes. For rarity and cool, obscure. Yeah. You have to have to know what that is to know what that is. Yeah. It's not. A car that most people go, oh, that's a 1M, unless you're into your cars. And I like that fact. Yeah. I like that part of that, is that you have to know that that's a 1M to know it's a special car. Yeah, I and mean, I, I kind of know what you mean, but maybe it's because maybe come from a point of view where yeah, I always know what car they guys, are. We know what Every it is. time I look at one, I'm like, I can sit from a, like a mile yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. That's wider, not just a, that's not just a one series. Yeah, it's got that. the wheels, it's got the brake. Like, it, yeah. We know, yeah. and you yeah. can see from a mile but to the layperson, it's just a one series. Yeah, with an M badge on the back. Yeah, and they're like, oh, oh there's so many one series M badges on the back. Exactly. Oh, he's even got an exhaust kit. Whereas if you know what you're looking at, you're like, ah, I'm on board with that. So I think that would be why, like, if I had money to throw, 
Yeah, I'd just go for that. Oh, and but I would. Yeah, wouldn't be throwing money at it because you'd no, probably no, end up in a I car that was that probably would... also can't get one on finance easily, or as easily as I can turn up at a BMW dealer and go, "I want to buy this car, please." So I haven't looked into it too much because no. I will end up on that rabbit hole, and then I will end up in a BMW dealership, and I won't tell anyone, and then I'll end up in a PCP deal, and then I'll end up in a lot of trouble. Okay, Sounds... so I, I'm I'm limiting myself intentionally yeah. to because I really really trouble. want a, an early. M2, I think that would be. Well, just be, only because that's one that's the cheapest and the one that I think I could probably most likely be able to afford. Um, a friend of mine has a 71-plate comp. Yeah. In blue. And obviously the, the, the comp is, is better. Yeah. And it, obviously then the CS is better than that. And But uh, the, the... He might have the CS, actually. It's got the oh. bonnet vents. Yeah, I think that would be a CS. CS. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but the early, but to be fair, I mean, the problem is with those cars kind of completely overshadow the first, the first one, which was just really, really lovely. It was a lovely, just fantastic car. In some respects, better to drive than a 1M. Right. In some which respects. Is a bold I've, I want yeah. an M, a 1M more and I like the 1M more and I'm very lucky that we've got one in the family and I've driven it quite a lot and it's, and they are, they, they are, as well as being, very competent, but they're also they're a little bit. They're just on the right side of terrifying, right? But that's kind of a, a good that's thing. If you see what I mean. They kind of are a little bit sort of a little bit scary, but always, but also kind of ultimately controllable and ultimately just yeah, just you that. get that reward for taming oh, the beast. Oh my god, yeah, absolutely. Thing, yeah. And you get, but you get those spikes of adrenaline when you when you drive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, oh I wasn't prepared for that. Um, but then, but the, the M 2s just. Yeah. M2, the M2, the first M2 is what you'd call, is what motoring journalists would call, it's, it, it's the sweeter one of the big, it's the right. one that people use, the term that people use when they've got, they, or people always talk about it with the 1.6, 1.6 205 GTI, yeah, yeah, yeah. and small engined um, MX-5, they're like, oh, they're the sweeter ones, and I'm like, they're, they're the worst ones. Let's just yeah, you have to work harder. Let's just call it what they are. They're the worst ones. We all want the more powerful ones, but we want to don't want to look like that dickhead who goes, I just want the more powerful one. Yeah, yeah. And so we go, oh yeah, they're the sweeter one of the thing. The M2 non-comp, non-sys, it's sort of the sweeter one of the. Yeah. I mean, it's not. It's the worst one, but it is <laughs> still so one. good <laughs> that it's well worth getting. If it's the one, if it's the only one you can afford. Absolutely, go yeah, for yeah. it. But, but it's yeah. like if they really meant that, they'd all have got two hundred five excesses instead of GTIs yeah, yeah, it's, I was, it's 1.4 and it's lightweight it's yeah, the sweet one <laughs> and I'm, I don't think I necessarily subscribe to that point of view I have to my, my taste in cars is probably extremely conventional really I like fast cars that are rare and you know and more exotic I don't I'm not a, that's, that's just how it goes we, we used to uh, guys what we called uh, James Disdale who was um, when he was road test editor at Evo when I was when I was there and we would we would talk about every time I talk about a car he would always take interject and sort of say does it need an extra 100 horsepower because I once said Zach it needs an extra 100 horsepower on a car and he just sort of every single time we had a conversation he would take the mic out of me and say does it need an extra 100 horsepower and quite often the answer was yes it does for me it needs an extra 100 horsepower I'll have one of those but it needs an extra 100 horsepower thanks and that's really bad I know, it I'm, is really bad because there's so many dickhead. lovely cars that don't need extra power yeah, and I get it. There are lots of people going. Toyota is not one of them. That needs power. It needs more. It needs about a hundred horsepower. Yeah, it needs a hundred horsepower. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it works for so many things. Well, have you seen? So Praga's car. Yes. Got the it's Litchfielder involved. Yeah. 
So it's a 730-ish horsepower Nissan R35 yeah. engine in the back. Which, I mean... And the thing weighs under a ton. Yeah. Need 100 horsepower? Probably not in that. Probably, <laughs> I mean, not everything is 600 horsepower. But the reason why that Litchford exists is because there are enough people like me who go, needs 600 okay. horsepower, and tuning firms go, yeah. I mean, We agree. Yeah, give absolutely. We can we'll get you an extra 100 horsepower <laughs> yeah. if you give us some cash. And Litchfield, yeah, Litchfield are the perfect people to go and do that. I, uh, I met up with some friends a while back, and one of them had just bought an R8 V10 manual. Yeah. And another oh. one had turned up in a Litchfield R35 that was running about 800 horsepower. Okay. And I was in the Toyota. I'm, I'm always, I'm, I'm either in the Toyota or I'm in the 47 horsepower Renault. Um, <laughs> needs another 100 horsepower. Needs, it needs more than that. <laughs> um, and we were coming down this, it was a three-lane dual carriageway because it was like two to three and then a bit further on it mm-hmm. went down to two. And we were kind of all in a line at about 50 Yep. And then everybody put their foot down <laughs> and the Litchfield skyline pulled away from the R8 faster than the R8 pulled away from me. <laughs> it was just a, you said, and then it just disappeared. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, I'll keep up with this R8. Look how slow that is because the skyline just left. <laughs> and then we kind of all met up and he went, yeah, I, uh, I'd have gotten a lot of trouble if anyone saw that. <laughs> I was like, okie dokie. Turbochargers for you. Ridiculously That's... overpowered car. Yeah. So I realised when we're talking about that is that I never actually I got I, I got to the telling my story about working at Evo is I got to the bit where I was designer and then we stopped. Yeah, we started we talking st- about um, we might have actually recorded the thing about the work experience kids because we were talking about them turning. Oh, I did. The I think I did that because yeah, because which I, I, I kind I of realised halfway through and I was like, ah, fuck it, we'll be fine. Oh, okay. People can hear that twice. Oh, okay, we can hear it twice. So <laughs> sorry, guys, if I repeat myself. Um, but yeah, so after so I got a, I got a job as a designer at Evo and like I say I was going on shoot stuff and at the time uh, Nick Trott was the editor um, we got on very well and the the staff writer uh, who was there left and they and they needed a new staff writer and basically I was offered the job of staff writer because I'd shown so much enthusiasm in the car (laughs) not just because I was there it was a little bit more in the office throw a pen (laughs) it was was a little bit more than than that but I think because I'd shown so many things enthusiasm for the cars and my knowledge of cars and how they work as well you know I how they verka how they verka um you know I'd rebuilt my Tudor 2 or was in the middle of rebuilding it again multiple times that's you know how many times that's been apart and been back together again um Fortunately, it's so simple. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that's why it goes... Yeah, why, I know of a very tasty 1602 that's for sale. Oh, really? It's caged with a couple of really nice buckets. Oh, I mean, if I had any money, I would, yeah, I'd be, that'd be... I don't need... What, the last thing I need is another BMW with a cage and some bucket seats. It's not what I need. I've, yeah. Very lovely, though. How bad it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, you have to show me that later. I will. I'll show you a photo of it in a minute. But, yeah, and they, but, I, but I mean, they gave me the they opportunity um, to do that, and I... Did proved that. that I could that I could do it, and I I'd written a bit as well for the magazine before that on very small small things, and I, I learned my craft, and I learned writing, and I learned road testing, and I learned um, lots of things through that thing. And the and the guys I worked with, they were all you know again extremely helpful, extremely you know they were willing to put time into making getting me to do this, um, and I did had some amazing experiences. It was I was in some respects very lucky that I was at Evo at a time where lots of people left, <laughs> which was in some respects, you know, it wasn't great for the magazine uh, um, in, initially because 
part of reading Evo was again was being was was having that club come into your house sort of thing and having yeah, a magazine yeah. and you know you're, who you're, you're going to see yeah and although they were still core members of that club that were still involved in the magazine but it was just pretty much as um, like I got a job just before Jethro um, left to go and Henry left to go and work for Drive Tribe um, which gave, meant there was loads of opportunities for me yeah and but but that and it was it meant I had a really really kind of accelerated learning curve to get to, to, to do this and it was just fantastic I had the most fun um probably wasn't good enough at my job at certain for certain times and certainly elements about that but I if 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 my any of my enthusiasm any of my fun and joy that I was having came through any of the words that I wrote then that's I can only be you know I can that's all I could have asked for because yeah. if, if you got that impression um, which is almost ultimately what you want from magazine. Yes, you want to learn some stuff, but you want you don't want to hear that it's a chore because it's not a chore. Yeah, yeah. This job's not a chore. get a thousand <laughs> words down. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh, the new McLaren, seriously? <laughs> yeah, here's another hundred horsepower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't actually put those words into print, but maybe I will now. Now, now, now really it's been want, revealed. Uh, it's going to be like a little in joke that only people who've listened to this will know, and it'll another pop up in horsepower. another yeah. issue somewhere. And if anyone finds it, the first per- I'm going to say. The first person to find the phrase needs another hundred horsepower in a Verk issue. Yeah. Or by anything you. I've written before, because I might have slipped no, no, it in I'm, somewhere. I'm laying but... this down as a Verk special. Okay, so you've got to buy the magazine. Yes, you've got to buy the magazine. Better. Yeah, totally. You've got to find needs another hundred horsepower. Yeah. And you've got to message me <laughs> and there will be a prize. It could take a long time. That's fine. Because I mean the way the current well, the current way in which BMW's Range. I suppose we deal with older cars as well. But I was looking at BMW's current range and how many of the cars that need another hundred horsepower. There really aren't many. What Whether I'm hoping be... happens is we forget you. Well, I hope you forget about, <laughs> and you just add it in just as a thing, just as a thing. Just, yeah. And then I'll get a message one day, and I'm like, <laughs> guess what? Someone's on like a t-shirt or something, or whatever. Whatever we correspond, like we'll just pop a t-shirt to whoever gets it first. And a, and a, yeah, and a. Um, a subscription as well to the mag as well. Thank Perfect. You. There we go. We've laid down. So a, I've got a to. I've got to put it in there somewhere. <laughs> maybe I'll. Maybe I'll make it like a really, really small thing hidden within an image somewhere. Yeah, I'll do a piece of it. artwork for you or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Not that I don't want to give someone a subscription. No, far from it. But, yeah, but you've, you've got to earn it. Yeah, you can't yeah, just yeah. be like it's the first line in the next issue. It's got to be. You're <laughs> <laughs> like ah, fuck him. He'll give a t-shirt away. Yeah. Um, it's got to be earned. Yeah. But I think that'll be a quite a fun little. You've you've got to have heard this podcast. Yeah, and would... you've got to have read the magazine, and then you've got to have found the thing. Yeah, it's almost like a little treasure hunt. Totally, I'm well up for that. In this little club that doesn't exist but does exist. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let, let's do that. That'll be good fun. So you had all this experience gifted to you at Evo. Because yeah. Everybody went to Drive Tribe like the idiots that they are. Well, no, I mean at the time in it was a, hindsight, in, in hindsight probably doesn't maybe look as good, but I think they equally. They had it's they had a brilliant time. Yeah. Some of the content that they produced when they first went there was incredible. And they were they were having a great time, and ultimately, all the people that I know who have worked at Drive Tribe have gone on to do brilliant things. You know, when Henry was at, was one of the people that went to Drive Tribe, and what he's doing now, what he did with Carfection, what he's doing now with Haggerty, and also continuing to write his brilliant words for Verka and Evo and lots of other people, he's doing a brilliant job. And again, Jethro, you know, host of Top Gear America, you know. It's yeah, yeah. So, so it's the, the, it, I don't think 
if they look it back at it. It was not a stupid move. It wasn't a bad move. It wasn't no. a bad move. Um, so yeah, they did, they did a great job. And it, it also meant that I got to, got to do what I did and, got, and had the fun that I had. And you know, I made some great friends when I was, when I was there. And some, you know, Stephen, who's been on your podcast, and Henry, who's also been on your, on your podcast. And yeah. some of the guys that, that were there that, are, you know, that are, I'm really good friends with. Dean, the photographer, who, you know, who's, who was part of, who shot the cover shots and the cover features for um for, for the first issue of Verka. Aston Parrott, who's the photographer there now, who's the staff photographer, we're, we're great friends. Just again, this industry is full of brilliant people and I privileged call some of them my friends. And that is ultimately what all I can ask for is that I get to I get to somehow make a living out of dicking about cars and working with my mates. So it's a it's a very, very it's a, it's a, it's an absolute privilege to do that. Yeah, we're we're on a a same goal, I think, in that regard. Like I was talking to um Liam from the Backroads TM, and I don't know if you'll have known this, but I have to say TM, otherwise they say I breached their copyright. Oh, really? They got a trademark, and um, Verka is trademarked as well. Should I? So should I, should I be, be Verka TM? Should be. It? I should maybe. That's what we have to say. Yeah, maybe. Not only are we pronouncing it wrong, but we're not even including the TM. Verkatum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, have you got the new Verkatum magazine? What <laughs> the fuck are you on about? Um, no, there's this running joke um, that I have to say TM every time I say the Backroads TM. Um, and I think it started with Alex Goy because they got their trademark like a couple of days before I recorded the podcast with him. Okay. And I said that to him and he said, you have to say it every time and you have to say it about <laughs> irrelevant shit as well. So every time you're talking to them, oh, would you like a cup of coffee, TM? <laughs> I, or just, so it's now become this little in-joke again with, with those guys. But we were talking about it today and I've just dropped down to four days a week to focus on Tacona and mm-hmm. I was getting very stressed because things have they need more attention than I could give them like okay. it's quite hard to design run a online store run a podcast manage a few events and I say that like I actually do some work but it's not really I do things that I enjoy but yeah. they all come together in this one place and it takes a lot of time and energy and weekends are often spent at events and going to car shows and so all the kind of the background stuff was happening after work. Yeah. And for the first time in probably three and a bit years, I work a full I was working a full nine to five. Yeah. Whereas before I was doing like four ten hour days. Okay. Which meant I had a day off in the week. Yeah, yeah. To to do that stuff. Um so it was it was having an impact and because Tacona's growing a little bit, mm. it meant that I could kind of just about subsidise a day. Yeah. Like, it's getting to a point where if things keep showing the signs that they're showing, I'll be able to do at least one day and take a little bit of money to cover my costs. So, nice. yeah. travelling around doing podcasts and stuff, Tacona can pay for the fuel now. I don't have to... It's not costing you anything. Yeah, which is which is, a, which is Which is brilliant in some respects. If it's something that you, that you enjoy and it's something that's worthwhile as well, you're contributing... You know, to society, you know, uh, maybe, makes it sound maybe really a, like maybe a really small special. corner of society, <laughs> yeah. but it isn't. But what you're but what you're trying to achieve isn't about. It's very altruistic. I'm, I know. I'm. I'm amazing. No, but you, but absolutely, that's why this this exists, isn't it? It's not. You haven't started this thing because you because you want to. Um, no, I started it because um, cars and the community around cars have been very important for me, mm-hmm. and my first car literally saved my life in a I probably would have killed myself at some point 
if I didn't have access to a car and I couldn't escape and I couldn't work on it. And at that point in my life, home was not fun. Yeah. And that car was, ah, you can get away, you can tinker. I had an old Mini, so I was constantly working on it. Mm-hmm. But that in itself was like a mindfulness activity. Yeah. You're in the garage until two o'clock in the morning making sure this thing works so you can get to work the next day. Yeah. You're in that moment, you're focused on that activity, all the horrible stuff isn't in your head. So when I was kind of coming up with the idea, it was about creating these connections and then it was like, oh, let's let's use these connections to kind of do more than just connect people. Let's yeah. build an idea around it. So for me, it's this, I get a huge sense of, a huge sense of who I am as a person is how much I'm making a difference. Yeah. So one of the things I found when I worked in the hospitals was it didn't pay very well. It wasn't very okay. easy. I was always tired, but I was happy to live in that state because I was making a difference. Okay. I was helping and I was I was I had worth in my own head. Like yeah. I had yeah. worth to this world because I, I grew up with a very this is gonna sound so like depressing. What's the point mindset? Okay. So I I remember my mum when I was a kid, she was like, I remember you were about 12 and you sat and cried for about an hour because you're like, I don't want to grow up. I don't see any worth in it. She was like, you could not see a purpose or a point. Wow. So yeah. that's been like a core fundamental part of why I do what I do and why I want to do this. Is but if you found something that you find that you, ha- that you see that worth in. Yeah, I find you can, immense value yeah. from what I do. And yeah. that's why I'm so passionate and motivated to keep growing it and make, yeah. if I can do... A thing I enjoy that makes me feel fulfilled and has value, yeah. and I can do it full time and pay the bills. I'm happy yeah. in who and I it's am. The, like. It's a fun, it's fantastic that, that 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 your worth comes from, as well as you know, having a creative outlet as well, which I think is really important. But having that worth that that you're that you feel you're contributing to yeah. to, to something as well, and that's that's fantastic, and that's a, that's it. You know, not everyone has that. I don't think I've necessarily got that, and it makes me feel. Yeah, Sorry, right. I don't mean to make you feel guilty. No, no, I mean, and you know, I've got. It's, it's it's kind of funny, really, actually, that I'm on this podcast, really, in a podcast that is fundamentally about mental health, because there isn't probably anyone as who has such an even keel of their own <laughs> mental health and how stable and That's c- controlled to, they are. That... to include in the conversation, though. Yeah. And, there but, there yeah. is a huge amount of value in stability. Yeah. And, and I think knowing it's... where you are and who you are. Yeah. And that, that, that's a really important thing. Because a lot of people are looking for it. Yeah, and again, I, you know, if I, I, I would, I did think about. I know, that, I know that the podcast isn't as, as as structured as that. You're not going to ask me about sort of my mental health or how. Tell I, me your how worst I keep, memory, you know, <laughs> or how I sort of keep, you know, how I keep on that even keel or whatever. And I don't think necessarily there is. I can't answer the question because I've never had to get out of that position. I've never been in a bad bad way. I've never really had a, a moment where I've where I've ne- been anything other than just happy yeah I've, it's been a whole entire life of happiness which is again there so, so rare so privileged really i mean you know that is such a privileged position to be in i <laughs> i understand that and if i could give that to everyone somehow i would love to but the problem is i think probably what it does is it means maybe the reason why i don't have that um my my value doesn't necessarily 
isn't so closely tied with making sure that I feel like I'm contributing to other people's value. What I want to do is I want to entertain people yeah. Yeah, with a magazine. I want to entertain people and I want to sort of, I want to, with my words, and I want them to sort of sit down and possibly, if, it, if I can provide, if they aren't in a great um, mental space, if I can provide a, a moment of distraction... Yeah, if that's what I can do, then that's fantastic. If I do get to do that for people in any way, then I, I, that's wonderful. Um, but I suppose, yeah, I, I, and I'd also, I, I'd love, to, I'd love to be able to, if I could find out what it is, what the, what the, the code or the secret to my, my <laughs> mental stability and my happiness is, then I would love to, be able to pass that on to people. I don't know what it is. It I doesn't mean, come from ignorance, though, which is the nice part. It doesn't come from you being like completely unaware of everything else going on. You're not sat here going. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's there's, great, isn't it? There's like, possibly an element of that. There's possibly an element really of being horrible. You don't know. I've ever never so idea. slightly <laughs> just oblivious to being a bit sort of too self-absorbed. That quite possibly <laughs> the that, 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 that there's you know that I don't necessarily see the bad in things that are going on. Maybe there's possibly an element of that that, that might exist. And, I don't get it, that impression. Anyway. It keeps me keeps me relatively sort of safe from that sort of stuff. <laughs> um, but I, you know, maybe that's the case. And, you know, yeah. But I say it's no. I, I think it's important that that it's it's not necessarily a I oh, want you lucky. You are lucky. Oh, I am. We're all yeah, very. Yeah. Je- anybody that's had to go through real tough hardships and things like that, I'm very jealous of you for quite possibly. Who knows? It might all be building up, and there'll be a moment in my life where right now I'll be totally incapable of being able to deal with swipe, it. Sides right, right? Yeah, possibly. Which is again a thing to be conscious of. To, absolutely. Again, yeah. I mean, obviously, I've just said it because I know. Yeah. But, yeah, well, but also, you know, I, the one of the maybe I, I should also probably say if I knew what it was that kept me in this position, one of the things that I know that allows me to be as happy as I am is to have the support around me that I do have yeah is that I have never ever felt unsafe in danger I've never felt financially unsafe I've never felt unloved I've never felt any of those things because I've always had the 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 family and the friends around me around me but I mean as brilliant as my friends are and it's my family and I include my girlfriend in that as well you know that 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 they are that they are there always as a sort of a yeah. foundation to everything that I do and it gives me the confidence to do what I want to do and I suppose in some respects not everyone has that ability but everyone not everyone does I was about to say, about to say everyone can provide that for people and probably actually that's not necessarily true because some people don't have the ability there but if you have the sorry I'm just turning the laptop round because I always feel like I tap it just to make sure it's still recording <laughs> and the guest feels like I'm checking how long we've been going for no, no it's fine and this isn't well, that kind I mean, of thing also if you, if you start tapping your watch going yeah you need to hurry up I forgot to put would... a watch on today which I <laughs> because I was in such a rush because the car broke down it's not broke down but I'm not taking it to work yeah I had to take Grace to work this morning ah, the okay. one week she had to go into work and my car decides <laughs> to throw a tizzy so I was like running around like a headless chicken this morning I yeah. got up and had a shower, made my lunch, which I didn't have time to do last night because when I got home, I was checking the car instead of making my lunch for today. But going back, going back to the thing is that you, yeah. you, 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 you provide that support for Grace. Whether it's or not, what I needed her car. No, but no, but actually, but that's a, but that's part of. But that is also, but it's part of it, isn't it? It's, you know, it's, it's small things about whether or not it is you know, providing that you know that support and those sort of things. And if you know, if you have that ability to even from a small scale to provide an element of security. For someone, mm. whether it be financial, whether it be 
providing cars, whether it be providing lifts, whether it be doing whatever it might be, that all those little things contribute to help someone feel supported yeah. a little bit. And well, it's whatever you can provide some of the time. And sometimes it's just a chat. Oh, I say just a chat. Like, that's just, that's not a, that's not a secret thing. it's as simple thing. as a chat. Yes, as simple as a chat. That's a much better way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I, I have never had been in a position where I've not been able to do that. And I don't talk about my mental health very frequently with people and some people sort of go why well, do you not you know my my dad and my brother basically you don't you know do you do you need to talk more are you keeping these things in and i'm like no there's nothing going there's on nothing there's there, nothing so, to talk yeah. about it's just all good thanks don't <laughs> yeah. worry about it if it does i'll talk to you because they're very very chatty when yeah. it comes to it. they all they, they they have a different attitude to it completely and um and i'm you know, and I and I, I know that I know that I've always got someone to talk to with them. So that's always it's always provided. Um, I think there's there's one thing to take away that you maybe haven't because you're inside you and your world, mm. and I'm not. In the sense that you have not got the the stresses in the same sense that other people have. You've got a relatively comfortable space existence generally reasonably but even despite all this stuff you're still helping other people you you helped you offered me a place in the in your magazine which you didn't didn't need to do you could have gone right how can i make some more money out of this how can i make my life even more comfortable (laughs) um despite being in a position of relative comfort you're still kind and you're still helping and you're still thinking of other people in a oh how can i support and you're you understand that you receive support and you have this network around you. Yeah. And you still give that. Your first statement was like, um, I, this exists because of the kindness of others. I therefore want to pass that along. Yeah. Yeah. That comes from a place of good. Like it's a, (laughs) it's a good place that that comes from because a lot of people find in life that people of privilege are kind of selfish with that privilege yeah and uh, yeah and i suppose uh, you know and i think and this isn't like oh will's a billionaire <laughs> no, no, far, <laughs> from, yeah, far from it if, if anyone if we were doing if we, as, if we were able to see my bank account right now you'd absolutely know that, that was not the case <laughs> that printing bill just but, come out hasn't it? <laughs> yeah it has yes and it's all a bit dubious um but but yeah no yeah absolutely and I, again you know, I think that comes. There's many reasons where, why that comes from. Again, I think it's sort of. I think it's it's again this this element of being comfortable and being able to sort of. Being there's able probably to... also a you've been on the receiving end of it, so you therefore have that built in. Oh, that's just how life well, is. That's well, also, I know how great do. it feels for yeah. someone to help you. I know how great it feels when you are new to an industry where you're new to. Again, going back to my career path, and it's very when, basically at some long. Point we'll get past what yeah. happened at Evo. Yeah, <laughs> I went. I went freelance after I after I left Evo, which is obviously a big, scary sort of thing to do when yeah. you are when you you know. Um, and people were kind after that. You know what I mean? Whether it would be from my, whether it be my dad giving me a car to use because. I'd got a half-built 2002 that I couldn't use because it was in bits, and I'd got a half-built 3 Series that was also in bits that I couldn't use. And I'd gone from having a, you know, Evo's gone from having a, um, a, and obviously I didn't plan any of these things very well, as you can hear. Um, <laughs> and 
I, you know, I, I, I didn't have a car. I was like, oh God, I need a car. If I'm going to be freelance, I'm going to need to get to places. If I'm going to organise yeah, shoots, yeah. I'm going to need to get to Should places. Should have thought about this. Yeah. <laughs> and he lent me a car. And, and, and other people said, oh, you know, we'll give you work. Oh, do you want to write this for us? Or do you want to do this? And it, it builds up from, you know, you obviously have to prove yourself. You have to sort of prove that, you, you know, that you're good enough to be able to do it as well. This is something that me but, and Stephen spoke about, is that these opportunities come with real kind of credibility. It's not just a... You step there and go, I'm going to be a freelance writer. And then people go, oh, we've been looking for a random person that we've never <laughs> met before or seen anything yeah. that they write. Yeah. Sure, here's some money to go and write for. There is a, an amount of we have trust in you to not completely cock this up. And yeah. The products that we're going to get at the end is, is on brand. It is good quality. It, yeah. There is an amount of that. It's, it's, totally. And I then, mean, and certainly, certainly with Stephen because Stephen's brilliant at what he does he's a very yeah. talented writer and yeah and he it's not a surprise that Stephen has done really well since going freelance um and the fact that I've managed to occupy and get him to write some stuff for Verka because he's in demand and he's, as he should be um yeah. because he's you know he's very very good and he's you know yeah and that is that is also great and I think I think you know you it's a difficult world to to sort of to do anything on your own like that to do to go ahead and just Terrifying. go. I want. I'm just going to go, and I'm not going to have a, not going to have the security of a monthly paycheck, and I'm not going to have. Why do you think I still do four days a week? Yeah, a but I get that. Bloody terrifying. And but the thing is, is that I couldn't go back. Yeah, I couldn't go back to being employed. I don't think particularly. I mean, who knows? That I've been a hypocrite about many things in my over my over my life. I'm sure possibly I'll go back. I might get if one day I get a job and go. You said you'd never get a job, and I'm like, yeah, well, I changed my mind. Um, but yeah, it's right, quite nice not having everything on my own shoulders. Yeah, right now, but I don't mind that. Yeah. Actually, I don't mind having that control. I am a, a control freak. That's why I started the magazine, ultimately. I started a clothing company. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because ultimately I want the full control over everything. I don't yeah. want to be some sort of dictator who decides everything and, you know, and want to do absolutely everything myself. But I also want to have the control over it. Because, like I say, going from... And I think this is the, the part of perhaps sort of one of the things I think is really a nice thing to have is, is a creative outlet. And when I went freelance... Having been at Evo and having been a designer and then becoming a writer, I was obviously still very invested in the way the magazine looked and I worked very closely with Aston, the photographer, and other photographers there to get the sort of shots that were correct for it. There was so much... I, didn't, I wasn't just sort of typing away and then handing it over to people. I wanted to be involved in every aspect of the magazine, really. Um, and I was able to do that. I had the privilege of being able to do that because of the position where I'd come from and my, my voice. And when I sort of had an opinion on the way it was designed or the way things needed to look, it, I had credibility because I'd been on that, on that side of the desk a little bit. So it was, it was, it was all, it was, I was very, it was a very great position for me to be in, who's, who's a bit of a control freak, to be able to have this sort of, have this, uh, this relationship with, with the other people that I worked with, to be able to kind of say these things. Um, but when I went freelance... I'd work for other magazines and I'd go off and I'd do a photo shoot and I'd write the story and then the photos would go straight to the magazine. I'd never see them. Um, and the words, I'd send them off and they'd be subbed and they'd be designed and they'd laid out. And then a little while later, I'd, the magazine would come back and I'd go, oh. That's not how I'd have done it. That's not how I'd have done it. <laughs> and it, it, not that they did it wrong, not that they did anything you know, badly. They were just decisions that I wouldn't have made. And this kind of, this, this creative element that I'd had as a designer... First of all, where you start something from scratch, you end up and you finish with a final product. 
and it was and, and you were proud of it and then equally when you know as a as a writer and being part of a whole feature and being able to sort of have that influence and every single time we got a copy of evo through it's like cool this i'm part of this, this is it takes off that sort of there's a there's an end point to well my done. sort of create yeah. to my creativity i'm like right then that was done on to the next one and i can sort of there's a process in with it being a freelance writer there wasn't that element to it in the same sort of way because it would ultimately the, the final product I don't want to say disappointing because that makes it sound like I didn't trust the photographers and the writers, the designers that I was working with. It's that you didn't get to make the decision. It's that I didn't make the decision ultimately. You might have made the exact same decision but because you didn't make it. Very, very, yeah, but absolutely. And and so it was a point where I was thinking, well, I want to be able to have that satisfaction, that that feel like I can end that product product, and I can feel like it was mine, I was involved in it and and that was how how it goes. And that's why, ultimately, what I wanted to make, make a magazine, from my personal point of view, is to have that control and have that satisfaction. Go, yep, creative pro- process, done, ticked, absolutely, yeah. on to the next one. And, yeah, and that's and that's, that's a really lovely feeling to have. Not everyone needs that, that sort of, that, I think, that sort of that process. But if you do, it is important that you have it in your life somehow. And that's yeah. why I think so many people at the moment have... Um, kind of side projects, side hustles, those sort of things. Because in their main job, they might not have that capacity to be able to have that kind of creative outlet. And I work in design now. Mm. And this is all, uh, purely off the back of Tacona that I've ended up working in design. Yeah. And I have this very clear black and white between the Tacona stuff, which I have complete control over. Yeah. And how much I, I love that. Yeah. yeah. It, and I have that control for each kind of thing again yeah which is why i run my own podcast <laughs> and i created my own network of car events they're, yeah they're mine yeah. i i am the man it's my name yay and while things are great it's the best feeling ever <laughs> and then if it goes really horribly like no, no, no that wasn't me <laughs> it clearly definitely wasn't me nothing to do with me but the flip side of that is at work i don't have complete freedom of design mm. and it's infuriating yes because you're at the charge of someone else's creative mind yeah and you go, I've made this thing and this is how I think it looks great. And they go, that's not what I want. Yeah. I want you to put seven boxes on a page and put a photo of a product in each box and a bit of text underneath. And you're like, it's really boring. Well, that's how we do it. And you're like... Yeah. But again, you know, I say, but, but ultimately I'm working, when I was working at Evo, I wasn't, I wasn't an art director. I worked <laughs> under art directors. There was, you know, there was Rob Gould, who was the art director at the time, who was great to work with. I had a fantastic time working with Rob. He was, he was... He possibly gave me more freedom than than I deserved, <laughs> but <laughs> he's like, "It's great." I don't that have to was do a thing. It was I, well, no, I, did, I got to do what I wanted, which was yeah. which was great. And um, that probably implies that he had a lot of faith in your ability, rather than Rob was being lazy. <laughs> oh no, yeah, he wasn't lazy. Far from it. No, 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 no. He was he was exceptionally hardworking and exceptionally talented at what he did as well. And the made magazine. You know, he I started. He redesigned the mag. Just as I started, just after I started, he'd been redesigning it. And I, I think I got the job because my style was broadly similar to his attitude to print design. So we worked together very well. Um, and I think maybe that's where, yeah, he could have given me that freedom to do the things I wanted to do and experiment with certain things and go on photo shoots and do all these other things. He knew also, ultimately, because I cared about the mag, that if I went on a photo shoot for a couple of days, but something still needed designing... I'd put the effort into making sure yeah, that was yeah. done before it needed to be. It was never going to sit around being, I wasn't going to... Sorry, I'm in Wales, I <laughs> yeah. can't, yeah. yeah. I'll make it happen because 
you know, yeah. at the end of the day, like, that's your job and these things are a nice perk. It, it wasn't the other well, way Well, both around. were my job. I was still being paid to do both of them. So we needed a driver on those photo shoots. So we did, it was sort of, I, I suppose, but ultimately what I wouldn't have wanted to do is sacrifice the going out on shoots. If it had come, if it had come yeah. to a decision where I said, well, I can't design this because I'm out on all these shoots and someone said, well, don't go on the shoots then, I'd have been like, yeah. oh, no. no, 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 that's not how I wanted to <laughs> That's not what this. I was saying. <laughs> um, so, Can we just add more hours to the day? Yeah. Uh, both. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was, yeah, and I think I was working for him and it wasn't exactly, it, the magazine didn't look exactly how I wanted it to look. But, obviously, again, of course it didn't. Um, in fact, actually, even though, uh, you know, I've designed Verka and I communicate with all the photographers and I brief all the photographers and do whatever we want to do, it doesn't, it's ultimately doesn't look exactly how I wanted it because that isn't, that isn't actually how you can, how you can do it because a magazine is a, it's a group project. Yeah, and project. it would take more than three months for you to do all of that yourself. Exactly. And it would look, if I, had to, yeah, absolutely. And it, and sometimes it doesn't look the way I wanted it to look. It looks better than I wanted it to look. So I, it's an interesting, we're sat in my office and there's a bunch of magazines up there and I won't go trawling to it because there's a podcast, there's no point in looking at them. Yeah, but it's, the, it's not good background. No, but I will say that there's a, there's a bike magazine that I bought from Magazine Heaven, which is where you can buy Verka from if you want to. Is that... To, in Rushton Lakes. So Charlotte Vowden's told me about this. Ah, she lives near there. She as lives well. near there, yeah. And I've yeah. just not had time to. Oh, you need to go. It is. I, I mean, really do. You need to save up before you go as well because <laughs> it will cost you a fortune. Because every magazine's, you know, much like Verka and Magneto and Roadrat. And so they're all 10, 15 quid. Yeah. And you want all of them. I know. So you come back with a stack of 10 magazines and realise it's cost you 150 quid. You're thinking, oh my God, how does yeah, this happen? It's going to take me three years to read them all because I get it. an article a day if I stick to my routine. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not like I'm like churning through yeah but he goes well i say that so the, when i briefed dean for the cover shoot i gave him this showed him this cover of this bike magazine which is this um, i don't even know what bike is i'm terrible with motorbikes can't i i really and cars are absolutely my thing um, my head is crammed too full of cars to yeah i can't in. yeah absolutely i mean i wish i kind of wish that i was into them okay my dad and my brother they love them and they they, they love bikes and they both ride but i i don't um my granddad loves bikes as well but Anyway, yeah, but showed him this cover. I was like, this is the feel. Yeah, I want. capture this essence. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it was like trying to describe of, a smell. I, think, I, can, I, you know, I sent him. A, I sent him. I think the the image on WhatsApp, and I could almost sense his eyes rolling from the, from another county through WhatsApp, thinking, "Oh my god, what am I going to do here?" And ultimately. Well, the, I can the, see after we've recorded. I can. I'm going to be able to see them side by side and see. Yeah, how close and you get. actually, even though we didn't get the sort of like the the light was so different, the light was you know was whatever it was. We actually, I think we got that vibe, and it's again working with talented other talented people. In in respect, the least talented person on this magazine is me by quite a long stretch, and because everyone else is so ah, brilliant. My advert was in there, so I I trump you for least talented. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I designed that, so... And just working with people, like, Dean saying, this is the vibe, this is the feel that I want, and him being able to achieve that. And it isn't, when, when the image came through, it was not what I expected, particularly. It wasn't what I'd had in my mind that we'd have for the cover image. But it is better. It is yeah. just, yeah, and it's, these things, these things work out brilliantly when you work with brilliant people. Yeah, and it's always a lot of fun, like, with some of the design stuff that I do, I start with an image in my head. Yeah. And then you try and create that image, you go, actually this looks better. And I've accidentally made something that I think is more interesting. Mm. And I, I had it with, with this month's um, design of the month, which is the, the Tic Tac yes. Porsche. Yeah. My, in my head, 
was some Tic Tacs pouring out of a, a pot mm-hmm. and that turning into a car. Okay, yeah, yeah. Which I is quite of, cool. Yeah, you and can, the livery, you can the livery of that car sort of like filling it up. And yeah. yeah, yeah, I can sort of see how that would work. Yeah. So that was where my head started. And yeah. I started creating that and I was like, I don't think this works. Or I'm not good enough at... <laughs> it's amazing how many things I yeah, have something in my mind. It's probably it's because heading into a design podcast rather than a, yeah, rather yeah. Than a car one. I don't have um, any formal one. understanding of design. Um, <laughs> I'll give it a go. <laughs> but I, but, I've, but again, I started doing this magazine and having not designed something for a long time and it's very much within my comfort zone um the design of the magazine because ultimately it's 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 editorial design and which is what i was or what i do best and it's and i like simple design it's like, squares and it's text yes yeah i'm sure that you know i mean again we're, we're in my office looking at my aged imac which has got a very very old um version of InDesign on it and Photoshop and all those sort of things. And I'm sure that the latest versions of all these software can do much fancier things. But it's ultimately, now, all so I need to do... Update. Well, all I need to do is put a picture in a box and to put that box in the right place. Yeah. I don't need anything more, anything fancier than pictures and text <laughs> in you know, and white pages with pictures. If, it, if a software can do that... I can design. You're one of those all I need. Level, I've you? never, I'm never ever going to reach the the extent of even some creaky old version of whatever it is I design on because <laughs> I'm just not. My mind doesn't work like that. And I, when you say, and I look at your t-shirts, and you have these ambitious ideas and kind of these models that that work in you know, that are kind of like 3D. This you know, your Tic Tac one, this kind of 3D so, thing within a within. Well, let me explain how that came together. Then. Yeah, because it. It will be surprisingly simple, but but it's but it's not. But what I mean is, is that it, ultimately the process might have been simple, but your mind no, no, has to think about it's it. It's entirely in that way. like accidental the way that my creative process works. No, again, but that it doesn't matter how accidental it is. I, what I'm saying is, that it's, your 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 <laughs> brain's more now, ambitious. <laughs> your brain's more ambitious than mine is. I think in, right, I think in, I think okay. in flat pages and where I can put pictures and boxes. You know, it's yeah. there's a having just designed a document for the brand. That takes more skill than it is implied. <laughs> what the like, f- putting pictures, putting in pictures in boxes on pages. <laughs> yeah. there, there is an art form to it. Oh, well, I mean, obviously there are because you can. Yeah, make, you're really we've, making we've all it picked, sound like you just put squares on pages. We've all picked up box and picked up magazines or books or whatever and gone. Oh, this looks a bit. It's pictures yeah. in boxes, but it looks it a is, bit naff. Yeah, yeah, there's there is there's more four to pictures it. in squares with some text nearby. But the subtle differences between how <laughs> yeah. that is put together make a huge difference. Yes. I, well, having not... the eye for that is as creative and artistic as my ability to uh, oh. figure out how to create a card is like an artwork design for a t-shirt. Yes. Oh, I think, yeah. And I suppose what I, what I mean, well, thank you. Mine are more flamboyantly is. creative. Yeah. And I think, but I think, yeah. and, I, and I look at that and I admire that because ultimately what I wanted to do. It's when all I was... a big smoke and mirrors. It makes me seem like I'm more talented than I am because it looks really creative. It's what you expect. You go... Wow, is that creative or is it not? And you go, oh, that one's really colourful, and it's the car's hanging upside down. That's really creative. That must take way more skill, and it doesn't. Well, I mean, it does. Again, going back to the things, it does take <laughs> skill to have your to have your to have that. Because being also very very British, back, no, 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 don't compliment me. I'll compliment yeah, you. Yeah, no, yeah. don't compliment me. I'll compliment you. Um, but yeah, ultimately, it's, it's a different. It's a different different way of thinking, actually. And I, I learned this when I was because what I wanted to be was a car designer. Obviously, me too. I could draw. Which was a thing that sort of which got your me little through scribble certain... of the back end of an E30 over on your notepad when we walked in. I couldn't draw that. Oh, well, thank you very and much. And I, I do digital artwork, which yeah. is different to drawing because yeah. I can adjust the line after I've created it <laughs> yeah. without having to spend an hour scribbling it out. 
But that's what got me through school was sort of being able to draw. And I got me yeah. into um, an art school and I went to Coventry to do an art foundation there, which I had a fantastic time pissing about doing all sorts of ridiculous arty stuff there. And I had a great time learning how to screen print and making clay heads and doing all sorts of... It was, a great, it was probably the best year of education I ever had. And it was... And, ultimately the plan was at the end of it if you did your art foundation course at coventry and you passed that you got a you got a sort of free ticket into any of their undergraduate courses including their car design course of course what they also do with that is that they make sure that the people that are doing the art foundation course do the right go down the right paths go down the right right ways of doing it and I wanted to go on the car design course because I could draw and I liked cars. So I was like, that's what I want to do, yeah. clearly. And they, going back to sort of how I think about design, flat f- flat pages. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're not car shaped. No, no. <laughs> and it was evidently not clear that, the 80s. <laughs> that I didn't be, I couldn't do that. That I was, my brain didn't work in a fashion that but it would takes have made a good. Me good educator to see that and help yeah, it was massively frustrating at the time and i think yeah. i probably re- objected to the idea of it for months until this is, we're someone... coming to this like where you've been like oh i've never really gone through hardship and you had your whole kind of dream career you've been told that it's not your thing and you're like oh, i object <laughs> it's like you're like this was so horrible and i sat and drank for three days you're just like i object and they're like no and you're like oh okay <laughs> i'll do flat things yeah. instead i mean also massive contract you know i i, I like to be Contrary, I do. I do always. I'm argumentative. Yeah, I can't agree on anything. I like we've just had an that, argument. So yes, yeah. <laughs> and I've, I mean, this is the first time we had an argument with a. With I don't a, know. On the I'm also very argumentative, yes. so it could have <laughs> happened before. <laughs> I got told I'm too argumentative to go in the police. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah I applied, and I uh, there were there were uh, multiple choice tests, and you, you do one on like rank these personality traits mm. or which one do you most associate with blah 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 so I did this multiple choice test and then there's another multiple choice test on situational responses and here's yeah. a situation click which response did all that and it, four op- options for every question which means it's 25% chance even if you just go bing 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 yeah yep. so I got 5% and I replied to the email telling me I got 5% going but, but pure chance would be 25 yeah it's one in four no, 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 the test never run. Back and forth for about four times. And they went, maybe this argumentativeness is the reason you only got 5%. <laughs> and by which point, they've played their trump card because you can't argue with that statement. Yeah. Because you're just proving it right. Yeah. Um, so, I yeah. Did, never, never would have thought of... I would never have thought about going into the... When I was working in, in the hospitals, I was dealing with a lot of stuff that the police deal with. Okay. And I was obsessed with Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, okay. So the, the, my brain just went, oh, you can do that. Yeah. Thinking that that's what it was like that's in the police. Was, would it be you'd like be a in detective the and it would yeah. be hilariously fun and you'll have all these quips and jokes and a completely wrong version of yeah. what life would actually be like in the police force. Okay. And I, I know police officers and I've met police officers and they're like, the fuck kind of fancy land were you living in? I have police, but I know police officers who love their job as police yeah, officers. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, I'm sure it's nothing like that. But yeah, no, I have too much of a problem with authority. I think that's Me what too. I, yeah. I, I never would have thought that. This is why police. we're control freaks and we start our own things. Because yeah. it's like, I can't listen to what you say. You're, you're a position of authority and I can't I couldn't even make it into whatever, make it through whatever beavers or cubs or whatever it is. Cause I it was, never got the opportunity. Because it was always too, it was always, I think I went to a couple of them and they were like, they just want me to do things that I don't want to do. Yeah. Just, just to fight to me. If you can't do that, I'm not going to do yeah, it. Yeah. And I'm, no, I'm confident enough to fight you on this. Yeah. 
I don't care. <laughs> yeah, no reason why I'm confident enough to fight on it, but I will do. Yeah. I'll just argue with There's you. There's something it. in my head. It just that's how it works. Yeah. You have to, if you can rationalise it and make sense, I'll listen to you. Yeah, but I think it's that um, that kind of fixation on it has to be rationalised. It has to be justified. Yes, there's a big part, of that, especially for me, and I have a, a real like. Grace is like, I think you need to go and see a therapist for this. <laughs> Isn't she level a therapist? Of, she's a psycho- psychologist. Oh, okay. Oh, I don't know the difference. So, so she does like research and she does do ca- counselling and things, but okay. in a specific environment. She's right. not just like a, oh, I'm having problems with my dad. Oh, let's talk about. She's not that kind of. Okay. She's not a counsellor or okay. a psychiatrist. Right. Okay. She's a psychologist. They look at the like the reasons behind behaviour. So it's kind of more theory than the yeah, actual sort they do of... actually do the like so she's the reason that she's at work this week in the office is she's on dialectic yeah. behavioral therapy training okay so they do dbt for the lay person who might have heard of dbt or cbt and okay these are therapy types so cbt she, is an ambonic thing <laughs> that's, that's cbd oh. <laughs> um, cbt is cognitive behavioral therapy Okay. Um, again, you don't have to think about mental health, so you've never heard of any of this. No, I'm absolutely. No, this, is a, this, is what, yeah. this is fascinating. Um, so, yeah. No, so it's different way. So cognitive behavioral therapy is kind of like, and I'm no expert on this. I should probably know more, given what I kind of do. You can edit this bit out and just sort of no, plow into it. And I'm, I'm happy and just to... say it with, or you could just cut this bit out. You could sort of get Grace get to write Grace. something, yeah. chip it in, and be, so, so it sounds really like you're really, you're really knowledgeable and about it. And then you do... <laughs> um, no, and I... I I try and be as honest as I can and as I don't know as much as maybe people think I should know because people will ask me for advice I'm like I don't really know I'm really good in a crisis I I can deal with that situation really well Mm -hmm. and I'm quite good at figuring out solutions to problems okay yeah so if I can see a way to make a difference by solving problems I'm really good at that but my understanding is cognitive behavioral therapy is stuff like get into routines do things that make you happy like form positive relationships and structures and stuff like that. It's, okay. it's like a, almost like a conceptual way of living. Okay, yeah. DBT, which is dialectic, I hope that's right, behavioural therapy, is like... So I was actually on the phone to Grace on the way here talking about this, so it should be fresher in my head. Because <laughs> she was like, oh, I've been learning all this stuff, and then I immediately think of you. I'm like, great, I'm really glad that your <laughs> your immediate thought about this is... Oh, this is how it applies to this. My at home project that yeah. I've got. <laughs> I'm, I'm a five year case study. Is I swear to God, I'm a case study. Um, it's stuff like how you respond to given stimulus. So you're in a position where you've had news that you don't like. You've got a problem to face. Okay. There's like a range of five ways that people respond to things, and it's like solve the problem, listen to someone else's answers about the problem, let they take charge. Yeah. Ignore the problem, or make it worse. And she's like, you're normally either solve the problem or kind of make it worse. Like, she, yeah. they're the two that you sit in. Okay, they're your responses. So that, that's it's a lot more like focused on specific things that okay. you will do as a person, and it's stuff like she's more likely to concede in a situation to make the situation like maintain a relationship with someone. So you're learning. About the person, about how that. people Whereas think more. CBT, than you are sort of you are providing a framework for them to live within that will help them. That will help them. Okay. So, yeah. like for me, with the example with my alarm clock stuff, yeah, that would be kind of like a CBT thing. Okay. Yeah. It's a, oh, this is a routine that will help, and it it's you've a found it's a more sort of identified a bit of a, a, an issue, and you've gone. I'm going to 
do this physical thing or this active thing in my life to yeah. solve that problem. It's kind of like, what bigger picture stuff can I change to help? Yeah. Whereas DBT is like understanding how you think, okay. basically. Yeah. So like with this situation, so we discussed that Grace is more likely to kind of alter her response to a situation to maintain a relationship with someone. And the example she gave is her, her friend at work, they swapped seats because it was hurting her friend's back. And Grace wanted to maintain this relationship with her friend. So she was like, I will take the uncomfy seat. I will put myself in a position of discomfort to maintain this relationship with you. Mm. And she said, you're more likely to maintain your self-respect and your principles than maintain a relationship. So yeah. like, I, will, I, I had it this afternoon. I'm arranging a, an event and I got this, you can't sell anything here. Okay. So my principles are the reason that I want to sell something is because it's raising money for charity. It's part of the ethos of what we're doing. It creates yeah. the connections, this, that, and the other. And also, you have a venue. You're making money from coffee sales. You have a shop. You're making money. You're getting good exposure for working with me and being the mental health thing. Yeah. You're getting all of these. The least you can do is let me have a, That's some t-shirts. A That's some tickets. Yeah. yeah. And I will essentially, like, I'm always like on the borderline of fuck this person for my principles. Yeah. And that's how we're different. As, yeah. And it's on a case-by-case, situation-by-situation basis. But that's the, the thing. So she does this sort of stuff. Yeah. To bring it back around to the point, she is an actual therapist. Right, yes. Okay. She's just not a counsellor. And because she's in the situation, it's hard to be a counsellor when you're in the middle of it. Right. So to take it back to the point... I have no idea what we're talking about. I ask too many questions. This is the problem with being a journalist. Is no, it? no. I want to know, even if it's something I don't know about, I'm asking questions going, what is, it, what is the difference between these things? I want to know. Anyway, that's and now I'm, I'm, now I'm distracting even no, more no, back to the I, I, I keep track of where, Do we, are we, gonna where get, we start. Does it go back to cars? I can't even remember if, it went, if we go back far back. We got all the way to authority. That's where we got to. <laughs> yeah. That's what triggered this tangent. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm at the point where Grace like, you should probably see a therapist for your problem with authority figures. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we got to. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, because we've said that kind of control thing and that for us to listen to a position of authority, it has to come with rationale and justification. Otherwise, it's met with, conf- well, for me, it's met with confrontation. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, I don't know, in some respects, that I'm possibly even further down the, down the line in that sometimes just any sort of authority, whether it is actually rational, I object to because it's authority. Because it's an authority, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which puts me in a position sometimes of... God, imagine you know, if you get pulled over by the police. Oh. <laughs> 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 Fuck you. And they're like, whoa, you've got a brake light out. We're not even telling you off. Like, you, yeah. your tyre's going to fall off. We're trying to help. And you're like, you're a police officer. I don't give a shit. I'll die before I listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> just career off the road in five it's, yards. Yeah, the, the cutting my nose off to spite my own face is, has probably happened multiple times in my life just because I just wanted to be <laughs> co- you know, a contrarian and just object to whatever authority that is. I'm sure that's happened. But yeah, I, do, I, I mean, bringing it back to cars, I just sort of had a thought about this. When you sort of said earlier about cars being something that you had as an escape yeah. something that, that they've always provided you with that ability to have something that kind of that, that you know that that is, that is there for you to go and to go and do and if cars have that have that facility that's maybe one of the reasons why i'm so even you know even in my mental health is, is that cars have always been around they've always been there to work on they've always been there since i've been able to drive i've always had a car that i could go out in i've always had the freedom to be able to do that and that is, yeah, and again, so much of maybe my daily routine 
but the, going back to this, you know, having that CBT, what, what is it in my day that maybe that I've not actively put in there, but what is it about my day that, that keeps me at this sort of like nice and even go? Because I do have bad days, but my bad days are just, I'm a little bit, t- I'm ever so slightly grumpier than I would normally yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, it's never, never, never really a bad day. Yeah. Um, is that actually, yeah, is it that reset of driving. I mean, I'm really lucky that I have, we're, yeah, we're sat in, an office which is in uh, down you know at the bottom of my dad's garden and we sh- me and my dad share this office and I get to come here but I don't live here I live 15 minutes away I get to have a nice little short 15 minute commute and we're I can in listen the countryside to a... and it's all nice bits of road oh absolutely yeah I mean you know I, I, I get to work way after most people get to work and I leave work way after most people leave work yeah so there's never really anyone on the roads I can have a nice drive even if I'm in my x5 um, which I love more than I should do. Um, I get to drive, you know, I drive, you know, I get a nice drive and I get to you know, reset. I can listen to nothing or listen to a podcast or listen to an audio book or do whatever. I get to yeah, have those yeah. little things and I, you know, and I, I, that's perhaps something that, that is, that if I took, if that was taken away from me, perhaps that would have a bigger effect than, mm. but I've never had, I've never had it taken away from me. So I wouldn't know what to do. And I guess, you don't know what you're missing. So, until yeah. Gone, so if I do get pulled over by the police, I do need to make sure they do not take my license from me. That's, that's the ultimate thing. Yeah, that's I, I will have to be nice to them. You're I will have, have to, to put go. that above <laughs> your ego. I was going to say that absolutely, it's essential that I need to keep <laughs> this license. Not just for my job as well, actually, that's also a major part of it. Kind of important. That's really important. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's a fairly, fairly active part of what I do is driving the cars before I write about them um, but yeah that is yeah so but yeah i need that for my my there's a case there if ever, ever, ever it becomes in jeopardy i need it for my mental health that's possibly elements my uh, not to keep bringing this back to my horrific traumatic teenage life my dad managed to get his driving ban reduced because he okay. needed to drive for his job okay so he's now seven year ban he didn't learn his lesson but God. yeah, he, he he managed to, I think it was after like 18 months of a two-year ban or 12 yeah. months, whatever, he went to court, pleaded in front of a judge saying, look, I am work for myself, I'm a financial advisor, I need to be all over the place meeting clients, mm. and it's hard to do without access to my own vehicle. And he got his, his driving ban reduced. Wow. So you've got a statement I've got a, yeah. yeah. I mean, there were, yeah. <laughs> Probably more for the, the work thing. It never yeah, has to, never has to go out. there. Yeah, let's, if I just... Keep yeah. it under a ton and you'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, um, yeah, I'm so, yeah. It's, it, it is important to me, driving. It is, it, is, it is a massive part of my life that I find incredibly enjoyable, so... Well, it's one of those things that, um, as I do this and what Tacona is about, it is a huge part of people's well-being whether people want to mm. acknowledge it or not if you are a car enthusiast if you enjoy cars they have such a huge amount of value to people's lives that non-car people don't really understand yeah there's a, a huge amount of disparity between what people think car enthusiasts are and like and what they yeah. actually are and like because yeah. the ones that they see are the bad ones that end up on the news. And yeah. they go, oh, that must be all car enthusiasts want to drive at ridiculous speeds with loud cars causing disturbance yeah. and upsetting everyone and being dangerous and reckless. And in actual fact, there's a huge community sense to it. It brings people together, gets people talking to one another. It creates a thing for you to have pride and passion for. Oh, yeah maintaining and cleaning and fixing is a possibly a creative outlet in terms of modifying and stuff as well is yeah. that yeah you know, we i mean i know that we sort of 
that yeah that the, yeah my car like I said my my two by two is modified, but it's modified how I wanted to be because I wanted to look that way. Yeah, and that is you know that is part of what what I wanted, and yeah, it's a cre- part of that creative ally. I had the control over it, and yeah, absolutely, there is they can provide so many other things. And I think the aspect that so many and and it, what it does is it provides because it's such an important part of part of people's lives is that we end up being in some respects kind of hypocritical a lot of the time because w- with other aspects of our of, of our values because i mean I, I, we, I say we we're out here in the countryside i love the where i live i love the environment and there are elements about it and i would be fairly strict in sort of some of the, the wanting to reduce um, my consumption of certain things wanting to reduce plane travel wanting to do lots of things because i because i like I, I, I care and interested in the environment and then someone well, how can you possibly care and interested in the environment when you have three cars none of which are economical none of which are <laughs> yeah. what anyone would call an e- e- economy car then you know, if my if i get over 30 miles a gallon out of one of them i'm i'm, I'm i think it's brilliant um but so it puts me in this weird position where i'm like oh, yeah but actually these cars they might contradict my wanting to be, uh, you know, and my job as a current journalist driving old cars. All the time. They might contradict my sort of values as someone who cares about the environment. But actually, cars mean more to me than just cars. They're not yeah. just modes of transport. Well, so if we just need a form of transport, there's a way to do it in a more economically friendly way than there has been before. Yeah. I'm not saying electric cars are the definitive answer because of the like creation of them is quite environmentally bad yeah. and all that kind of thing but we are more conscious of it and we're working towards creating transport individual transport at least yeah because actually individual transport is massively important to people yeah. whether they like whether they are a car enthusiast or not so many people who you talk to who don't care about cars and again you, but they love their car they don't care provi- about the car but they love the the ability they, to well they love their travel. car because yeah. it is a safe space some of the time it is they it is the you know it is that place that they can go to that keeps them dry that keeps them safe but it is also the play, thing that gives them the freedom to go wherever they want i mean yeah. that's such a massive privilege isn't it we are to, to be able to do that so to get in a car and to be able to go wherever you're fuel or your charge can take you yeah a and little over God, 100 years ago that wasn't possible yeah and no one would allow it any now now if someone said it came to the concept to 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 society said i've got this brilliant idea we're gonna have these metal boxes that we're gonna have on the on the road and they're gonna be completely controlled by human beings they can go at hundreds of miles an hour yeah and they're gonna drive on the same bits of road facing one another and the only thing that separates them it's a white line. Yeah. And you'd go, no, ridiculous we're idea. We're all agreed Absolutely. that we're going to agree to that. We're all in agreement that that white line, we don't cross <laughs> we it. We don't cross it. Yeah. We've uh, got this mutual risk. <laughs> if we cross it, we're in trouble. So okay. we, we all stick to it. That wouldn't pass any sort of health and safety laws. Yeah. No matter, nothing at all yeah, would We'll happen. be killing each other all the time. Yeah. Would, yeah. <laughs> but not <laughs> intentionally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Most of the time. And you go, yeah, it just wouldn't happen. And... Yeah, but but again, it's brilliant that we get to do it, and I I love it. I absolutely love it more than more than you know most things. And I get the fact that I get to write about it as well is is is, is fantastic because I I think the, I, the what I want to do more than anything, you know, anything with 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 my writing when it comes to talking about driving is to sort of get across how 
thoroughly enjoyable it can be. Yeah. And obviously there are some cars that make it more enjoyable and they're the cars that I want to sort of, you know, that, that you want that you want to talk about more so because it's actually that if you can take driving, which is already brilliant, and make it and a car makes that even better, and that is a very special car. Yeah. That is something that is, you know, and that is you know, that is trying to get that enthusiasm across is is absolutely just the, you know, it's is how you want to how you want to do it, and that's yeah, that's most, the most fun I think you can have. Yeah, really. and I agree with you, and I think that's a really nice point for us to kind of reach at an hour and forty. Is that how long we've been going? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah we yeah, and I I'm conscious of not talking for the sake of talking. Oh, I think but we I'm could also, talk all night yeah, about that's the yeah. thing. Like, we could quite happily keep running this on, yeah, and we'll just keep coming up with new stuff to talk about. Yeah, but in terms of oh, we're recording this. We should probably go. This is actually quite a nice point for us to go. Let's let's stop recording now. Yeah. Give these poor people a break. <laughs> They've heard enough of my shit. <laughs> and I've not made myself sound like too much of a dick. No, no. So, you, you've only yeah. been an entitled white guy from the countryside. You're all right. <laughs> um, no, I think it's a it's a really nice point for us to to wrap on. Um, you being an entitled white guy from the countryside. Yeah, you've nailed me immediately. Got it. That's, yeah, got Big. it. In one. Only took an hour and forty. Um, so where can people find you and Verka and everything that you're doing and all the wonderful stuff that we've talked about? So Verka is obviously the big project that I'm at the moment and you can find that and you can buy a copy at verka.site. So that's W-E-R-K-E dot site. And there's a shop there that you can buy it directly from me. You can buy some stickers as well if you like the magazine enough that you want to put a Verka sticker on your car. Um, you can follow the Instagram, which is underscore Verka, or follow me on Instagram or Twitter. Um, my Instagram is willbeaumont underscore 88 or will underscore i don't even know i don't know either but i just text you now (laughs) yeah and my twitter is will beaumont that's really simple i was um yeah but i think if you search either either one of me and there's just you know all i do is i don't post anything controversial i just post pictures of me doing skids in cars some of the time or that's that's basically it but that's good fun as well but it's part of that little car community and car twitter while it still exists is quite a nice place to be yeah i'm nowhere near as active on twitter as i should be because it happens it all goes on and there's some brilliant people and they all make they're very entertaining and i dip in and out every now and again and i send i respond to something once every six months or so um but I do love it. I think it's a great. I love. I love I, I'm, a, I'm a lurker. lurker I sit yeah. around lurking and reading and reading bits. Yeah, so. I uh, I've only learned Twitter since starting to Kona, so I'm only really a year and a half into Twitter. Yeah, and I am a little bit addicted, but at the same time, conscious of how that has an effect. So I'm like, I like it, well, but I don't want to get too into it. I think if you're, thing. I think possibly. If you're a bit argumentative, Twitter's maybe not the best space to be very active. Yeah, because fortunately, because of what I do, okay, yeah. it keeps me in check. Yeah, I can't just be the aggressive knob that I would... The other thing is, I'll be that guy in person. I'll yeah. be like, you're being a dick. <laughs> and people don't expect that. Yeah. And not to be kind of like braggy about being argumentative. It's a really bad trait of mine, but I will do it. If you are a dick, I will call you a dick and tell you to leave. And I've done that at a couple of my own car meets. Okay, like, yeah. Just go. I don't want you here. I don't care. Um, but doing what I do means that I kind of have to rein that in. I can't, yeah. I can't be bullshy and aggressive. And but also you can't take... No, you no. Can't, I, you can't accept, the, you yeah. can't accept dickheads in your space. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's always the, the fun part is finding the right way to deal with that. 
Yes, fair without enough, yeah. just arguing, <laughs> because yeah. then you just end up in an argument, and it doesn't solve no. anything, and it doesn't teach anything, and everybody. But that's Twitter, isn't it? Yeah. That's the, that's the Twitter world. Is that it's I just have... people arguing and people arguing, hoping that they will change someone's mind, and it never never happens. I saw that the best thing I saw was this guy said on Twitter, "If you present people with facts, they will change their mind," and this lady replied saying. Here is some published research that contradicts that. Yeah. And the guy went, eh, I still don't believe you. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah, literally that's perfect. like, that's, that yeah. is the analogy. Yeah. There you go. There's Twitter for you. Yeah. Um, and on that note, I'm going to click stop on recording because we're going to end up on another tangent immediately. <laughs> so thank you so much, Will. No, it's been Sorry. an absolute pleasure. Thank you for coming, Will from Verka. <laughs> um, keep an eye out for Needs Another 100 Horsepower. There's your last <laughs> reminder of it. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.